Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims, as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz'amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and in Imitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. You know, people, you know, when people die, what happens? Graves. You know, no, nothing, nothing is there. Nobody keeps their you know, ancestors in the house like that. And their life is not there anyway. Anyway, people have gone. Just think really what you are. How, 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 how small you are in the life of Allah Taala. That you die, then you bury in the grave, in the dust, become nothing really. No, no, no value. You know, imagine really if a dust comes on your body, what you do? Clean. If your clothes become dirty with the dust, you go and clean that. Imagine the time when everybody, when the people die and they're buried in the dust, in that, they come part of that. You know, that Quran reminds these, uh, these unbelievers that, you know, you don't own anything. Even actually, you know, your birth and death is not controlled by you. And when you die, what happens to you? Even that you don't know. You follow the system of Allah He has made the system that people are buried in that. You follow that system. You cannot, you know, run away from it. Quran said that ask them, run away from anywhere. You can't run. Death will come, you cannot escape the death. You know, this really is, you know, frightening thing. That's why, you know, the, the scholars say that after the death, on the gate of the death, either there is paradise or fire of hell. There is no other escape. People cannot escape. When the death comes, you know, when you're buried, you basically buried either in your paradise or fire of hell. That grave, a small grave, it is connected either with your paradise or fire of hell. At the gate of the death, there's no other thing. You cannot see anything else. In this world, you have been living your castle and palaces and this and that. When the death comes, either paradise or fire of hell. Death basically is the window from which you enter into one of them. And you never, never can reject it. You never can change this whole system. This actually how Allah has made you, made you helpless. And he says in the Quran, you know, if you have any power, why don't you return back? We took the soul away from you, and you have power, bring them back. Make the person alive. We have made him to die. You people claim such a, you know, so much findings and scientific this and that and all those things. Why don't you make the, why do, don't you put the soul back? You even don't know what soul means. You can't see it. When we t- were our angels come and take the soul, you even cannot see that. People around the person who died, they are there, they're seeing him, but they don't know what's happening to them. And actually, I, I really be surprised when people say, you know, my father or my grandfather or so-and-so died peacefully. Do you know what peace means? Do you know what, what happened to him? You don't know. The person who is dying, he's not dying peacefully. He's dying in such a pain, but he's so weak, he cannot express the pain. Simple thing like that. Do you think he died in the peace because he's not making any noise? He had no power to make noise. Gone. 
energy has been taken away from him. He is too weak to make any problem. He cannot face the angels. He cannot challenge them. He cannot run away from them. They come to him in frightened shape. He cannot do anything. Helpless and people around him, they can't even see to help. They don't know who is entering the house, what happened, they don't know anything. They cannot see anything. And people think so and so died peacefully. People don't know when you die, you will know death is never with peace. Death is always full of the pain. And nobody actually, nobody can do anything to help anybody. You know, like one of the, you know, Urdu poets said, Je sar ko gurur aaj hai, yaan taaj wari ka, kal us pe yahi shor hai, phir nauha gari ka. That head, which is so arrogant today, and you know, they have got crown, you know, like the kings, crowns and this and that, you know, those heads. Next day, tomorrow, same head will be laid down and people will be mourning around and crying and weeping. Same head. Finish. You know, can you see really that all these people, they you know, challenge the big power and all those things strong and I'm this and that, I'm so and so, in all those things. But what happens, you know, when the death comes, this strong person, helpless. Nothing is there. Pharaoh of his time, finish. All the arrogance is gone. When Pharaoh was drowning, drowning in the water, what he said? is Amantu Barabbe Musa wa Harun. I believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. Allah said, now, now you want to believe. Time finished. Time is gone. You have seen the death. No more unseen. You can't be a believer. Time is finished. You know, this actually house. Very little time. And people are arrogant. They're proud. And they, you know, they humiliate everybody. So in this actually is, you know, Quran is a very frightening thing. The Quran is referring to, to these Arab people. That al-qabur when the graves will be raised. Hiding things, hiding your own body. You know, not only that really, that people hide their actions, then the people's bodies are hidden. And there are some people in, in, in the world, mostly Indian people, what they do, they burn the body in the ashes and they scatter them in the sea. And that thing, now, you know, finish. No more finish. One command of Kun, that all the earth and all the sky, all the air, they will assemble the person again as a human being. He'll be there. Just one command of Allah, one word of Allah, and all those ayashad from every part of the world, they're together, and the person is there. He's there. Nothing, no, nothing can hide. No actions can be hidden. No part of the earth can, can, can hide you. No part of the universe can hide you. You know, by mentioning the grave, Quran was hinting at these Arab people. That you look actually what your destination is. After all this arrogance and all pride, and accusing the Prophet after I had all that, where are you going to go? You're going to go in these graves. That's your destination. Nothing else. Really, very, very bad, really. You know, if somebody is very, very arrogant and all those things, and after that, his place is the, the grave. Look, really, people who actually have all the time slaves and servants around him, they have many, many cars, they travel by aeroplane, they have got all those things. But same person think, really, day will come when he will be so helpless. No aeroplane with him, no palace with him, no helpers, no ministers. When any of these presidents die, now you can see when they are travelling, there are hundreds of the people with him, with a big, you know, mightiest power on the, on the earth, army, nuclear power, and all those things. But when that person dies, nothing goes with him. If you ask any minister around him, do you like to be buried with him, to give a company to him, what will happen? Do you think they will accept that? They will run away. All these ministers, all your army, all your supporting, your family, your son, your children, your mother, your father, nobody would like to be buried with you. 
They don't want to give any company. It is impossible. In that we can, and people, lonely people, they not need company. The Quran wants to say, you are buried like that, helpless. People want to come. Like, you know, there is a story in India during, you know, the war when British came to India. So there is so much fighting between Muslims and between Indian people and between, between British. To one of the battlegrounds where Indian people were defeated. So there was, you know, in Indian Banya. You know, Banya people in India, they are people of the money. Their only concern in the life is to make more and more money. So they take interest, usually, they hardly got any clothes properly, they don't wear proper clothes, very rough food, rough clothes, but the banya meaning is to make more and more money. So this banya, he thought, okay, so many soldiers have been killed, let's go walk around, maybe I can find some gold, some jewelry, some money, because people died, so I can take more money. So one of the soldiers who was lying down, dying basically, uh, so he said to this banya, come here, you know, I've got, because, you know, I'm dying anyway, I've got so much money in my pocket, so at least you take and, you know, you enjoy the life. And the Banja became very happy when he came, and then the soldier has his sword, he hit with the, with the sword, his leg, and the Banja fell down. And he said, you are so stupid. Do you think I, we, we come to the fight with all the money with us? You know, I'm alone in this night, nobody here to talk with me. So I said, okay, let me at least cut your leg, so you are falling down, so at least we can talk, otherwise I don't want to live in this lonely place, some company. You see, people are actually desperate for company. They don't want to die alone. People don't want When you bury your father, mother, or anybody, it's not they're happy to be alone. But they have no choice. They cannot ask you to come, and you never can think to go there. How helpless the human being is. So the Quran says, When the graves, they will be raised, and things are coming out from there. Then the Quran says, then every soul will know what they have sent forward and what they have left behind. That will be known very clearly. And this is actually very important expression of the Quran. It keeps coming that, you know, what people have sent forward. What sending forward means? Sending forward basically means this world for us is just a travel journey. We are passing by. It is a place where you can make things and then after that you're going to your destination. So you make things here and send forward to your destination. So when you arrive there, things are waiting for you. Like people go somewhere to make money, like for one year, two years, you get a job in somewhere in the Middle East or America somewhere. You make money and then bring the money, send money to this country. You come and build a house and things like that, you send forward. So similarly, people are going to die. So sending forward means that you work hard in this world in such a way that you make so much good deeds. So when you arrive there, they are waiting for you, meaning the prayers, the fasting, you get money, spend money in the path of Allah, spend you know, on your family, zakat, sadaqah, charity, all those things you do. This is what you have sent forward. What means kept behind, meaning is if you earn money, you make a building, you make houses, you know, you make big gardens, big parks, big palaces, you know, buy nice cars and all those things. When you die, you leave them behind. So some things people send them forward and something people leave them behind. To us people, what we leave behind, that is more important. That's actually easy. Most money we spend on the things which are going to be left behind. Imagine, for all of us, the money that we spend on the car, do we spend the same money on the charity? The money that we spend to build a house, do we spend the same money in charity? The money we spend on eating and drinking, do we spend the same money in charity? You know, the money we spend on the, uh, uh, on the kitchen, we spend the same money, you know, 
for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't do. Most things that we keep doing actually is we are going to leave behind. Isn't it a waste of time? Just think properly that you could actually have used that in such a way that you send it forward. So when you arrive there, you can see the mountains are the good deeds. But when you die and nothing is there, isn't it regret? Just think really that you are somewhere, you make all property, and then you are forced to leave that place. And you arrive to a new place where nothing is there. What will happen? Just imagine, for example, people living in this country, they have millions of pounds, many, many Muslims have made a lot of money. If somehow it happens that you build all the buildings and big mosques and all those things, and then you are forced to leave this country, and you in a condition when you even cannot manage to take your money out from the banks and all those things, and you arrive to Nepal, poor. What you left behind is not going to benefit you. Actually, the same happened in Burma. In India, during British rule, Burma also used to be part of the British Empire. To many Indians, you know, also, you know, many people from my family, so I know the story properly from my village, my family, so many people used to work in Burma. So Burma was very rich at that time, and people who used to are, you know, go to Burma, many Indians, they used to make a lot of money, and then, then they used to build big houses in the villages. You know, like, you know, many people have come to this country now from the villages, so now you can, people have, somebody said to me that, you know, sometime we go, to the villages of Bangladesh and very far away in, in Pakistan and also in India and you see the big building and we ask where this building is in, in the middle of nowhere so they say it is a foreign money it's a money coming from, from England that's how people make so similarly we, people used to go to Burma and they used to lot of in our money and bigger and the time came when the problem started between Burmese people and between these Indian people and the Indian people people really you know, literally they have no way except to save their life you know, my family people mentioned actually, my grandfather, one of these people, they run away through the forest, through the desert, how somehow they run away, leaving everything behind. Many of them used to own big businesses there, a lot of money there, they couldn't take anything with them. All the money that is, they spent 20, 30, 40 years building something, everything was left behind, and some of them even died on the way, and those who can save their life just came alone. Nothing was with them, as the poor people. This happened in this world. How much will regret? Then actually sometimes they would think, okay, had we sent our money to India before coming, it would have been so useful. But now no time to regret. This actually is going to happen to everybody. Whatever people spend here, they leave behind. And whatever they send forward, that was going to benefit. And actually in this matter, women are worse than the men. Women spend so much money on the jewelry and all those things. And they love this thing. And Allah made this thing for them for a purpose. But you know, they exaggerate. But you know, what happens? And after all those things really, you know, it is not going to your life become more comfortable here. Nothing happened. And the same thing is, then you die, leave them behind. Spending all the money, all the things, all the clothes and all the jewelry. And actually some women, they are so keen to have a nice, bigger kitchen. Make a big kitchen and they buy all those things. And somebody said there have been actually research, you know, a study of, a, you know, kitchen of the, of the women. So very often they buy things which they don't need. And sometimes, they leave those things in the kitchen for whole life packed. They even don't have time to unpack them because they don't need them. They go somewhere for shopping, something on the sale, and they buy it. And when I remember, actually, once I used to live in uh, Oxford with some of my friends, in one of the Indian things that people use in the curry is haldi. Very little use. But he brought such huge things, you know, of, of the haldi to We said, why? He said, because that was on the sale. But we said, we never need this. So it remains in the house for many, many years, and then somebody, we have to get the people because people don't need it. 
So many people go and spend their money because it's on the sale. You know, how do you spend that money on something else more useful? And Allah SWT is going to question. Just really think that all the things that we do, we want to spend money on the things which are going to left behind. Nothing good. But, you know, same, you know, look in the life of the companions, the wives of the Prophet When Umar Khattar used to give the money every year, 12,000 dirham, all of the wives of the Prophet report is coming. Before they used to get up, they used to make all the money distributed among their relatives. In the evening, even they did not have something by which they can break their fast. Even that money. And Zainab bin Tujahshar, once Umar Khattar sent a lot of money for her, and she returned, and then said, oh Allah, May not, not, don't make me alive for the next money which comes from Umar Khattab Khattab. Then she died before the next year. She made dua. They didn't like this thing. That's why ulama say that why the people of the early generation were the so safe from corruption. Because they were pious and there was no demand in the house. So their women, they did not demand from them anything. And whatever used to come, the men and women both are equally in generous in spending that thing. So the house was very good. Now in our time, actually, many, many women, they have so much demand from the husbands and husbands have no time for the prayer, for the fasting. So they have to extra hours to fulfill the demands. So when the demands increase, they, sometimes they have to dishonesty, sometimes cheating to make all the money. That's a big problem for, for many people. That people have to understand really that in this matter. That for what purpose? You make all those things. Leaving behind. It's, you know, best, best thing is you spend money on the things which can be useful. And the Prophet used to say, the worst money has been spent on the buildings. On the buildings. Okay, people want a people want need a house, a small house, where they can live and then they can pray, they sleep and rest. You don't need a big mansion, you don't need a big, you know, big place. You don't need it like something. Something small is enough for you. Something for you and your family. You don't need something bigger. People spend. Similarly, one of the things which the Prophet actually warned the people is, is the worst thing is that you know when people spend money on the wedding party. He said, nikah barakatan aqalluhu ma'unatan. The biggest nikah marriage in Baraka blessing is the one where there is least expenses. Now you can see the wedding parties you know, in India, exaggeration really. Some of the rich people, you know, they invite people in a big hotel, a big palace. They hire, you know, millions of the rupees are spent on those things. In a country where actually you can see millions of people, they don't have enough food to eat. In the same country, there's people who spend so much money on the wedding parties. What will happen? And actually then after that, those marriages, they also fail. So after spending so much money, Allah showed in this world, you don't get anything. Those marriages fail. Actually you can see, whenever people spend too much money in the marriage, those marriages never succeed. Always problem. When people spend little, little money, they always succeed. You know, always be sensible really. Allah has given you time, spend time properly. You know, good deeds, spend money in the path of Allah The money that you spend on yourself, what you need on your wife, on your children, on your parent, and they'll give you charity. If they are done reasonable for the sake of Allah, they are the money that you send forward. The money that you spend on the houses, on the wedding parties, on the immigration, on the big names, and all those things, they are the things that you leave them behind. They are not going to be with you. So always be reasonable. We are not saying that you don't need to have a home. You need to have a house, but be moderate. We don't say you don't need to have a car. Have a car, but be moderate. You know, come to your standard. Don't exaggerate. We don't say that you don't need to have nice clothes. You can have, but don't exaggerate. We don't say to the women, you don't need to have ornaments and jewelry. Have, but be content. A small thing which can be you know, fine for you, that's all. 
Sometimes even can you borrow, but you know, there's zakat. You have to pay zakat and those things. So that actually important thing to understand is Quran is saying, Every soul will know what they have sent forward and what they have behind, left behind. And then the Quran is this amazing verse of the Quran is coming. Quran wants to say, look actually at your Lord. So noble, so generous, so kind to you. You did not exist, he made you. Then he proportioned you, he made everything, hands, eyes, legs, everything properly. And then he gave you a new form, a proper form as he wanted. He go make all those things. And then you think he will not going to question you? Just think really. In this, this, you know, this delusion of the people, when people live in this delusion, Quran is saying, look actually what happening. Your Lord is so generous, so kind upon you. He made you. You know, he proportioned you. You did not have any right, right upon you. You know, we did not ask him to, that we cre he created us. He created us without asking. We didn't have any right upon him and he created us. We didn't have any right upon him that he should have given us two eyes. He gave us two eyes. Hearing. He gave us mind and thinking. All this properly. And then, after being born, you become so arrogant, you think, now we are free. We do whatever we like. He made, made you for himself to worship him. And now you think you are independent. You are no more his slave. You are not owned by, by him. You do whatever you like. You know, this disillusion, this misunderstanding. Not, don't think properly. You don't know your noble Lord. You, your, you know, how he is, how generous he is. You don't know him. You know, this way you are behaving. You know, just think really that if a mother, she looks after her child, gets everything, generous, out of love, and the child, child keeps misbehaving. She, he does not understand who his mother, who his mother is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more generous than your mother, more loving you than your mother, you know, more love for you. And still people don't look after, don't think about him. And think really he has made everything for no reason. Accuse him. You know, is he making game? Is it this universe a game? Such a complicated universe, mountains, stars, sun and moon, the earth, the plants, the fruits and all those things and your body. So much complication, so much things and you think it is for just a game, just a sport. So this Quran is saying, Ya ayyuhal insan, ma gharraka bi rabbika kareem. O insan, O mankind, what has deluded you concerning your generous Lord? That actually the meaning is, but people actually don't understand this verse. So some people say that, you know, oh mankind, what has deceived you from your Lord, from your you know, generous Lord? So people say, Allah SWT himself is telling us what has, has deceived us, because he's so generous. So that was generosity, generous is actually our excuse. So in the day of judgment, when he asks us what has deceived you, so we'll say because you are so generous. So we, you know, we relied on your generosity. It is not like that. You know, not to teach you a, a, a proof and argument against him. You know, it is proper argument. It is not like that. Quran wants to make very clear. He is so generous, so kind upon you. He made everything. You did not deserve anything. And now you are accusing him that he is not going to uh, question you. There will be no day of judgment. And you are just left like that. Do whatever you like. What made you to think like that? Who put you in this religion? You follow the shaitan. Think properly. That Quran wants to say. That is the sense. So, ya ayyuhal insan. Oh man, how bold you are. You know, how, how, how do you dare to do something like that? You know, what made you, you know, to be, dis, dis, uh, 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 to be deluded? 
concerning your Lord, who is generous, Alladhi khalaqaka, the one who created you, fasawwaka, and the one, you know, who, you know, uh, fashioned you, you know, made, you know, you know, made, you know, hands and this and that, so fashioned you, sawwaka basically, basically means to make everything properly, the fingers and the hands and the body, the stomach and, you know, everything, fasawwaka, fa'adalak, and then he made everything in a, in a portion, proportion you, everything nicely, nice, nice order. No, he did not made eye, eye the big eye, the hand. He didn't make like that. He made eye properly as it should be. He made the nose in the right place. He made the, made the head as it should be. He made the hands as it to be. Such a nice shape, proportion, everything properly done. That you know, he, you need a hand, he made a hand for you. You need hands for certain things. You need, you need to hold something. He made, you know, things so flexible. You can you know, turn your hands, you can do whatever you like. So you can see he has made things like that. Your eyes are, have been made differently. You know, your tongue are made differently. Everything kind to the proportion that people need. To how nicely he has done all your thing. So, Khalaqaka, he created you. Fasawwaka, he fashioned you. Fa'adalaka, then he proportioned you. Make everything proportion. In any form that he wanted, he made you. He combined you. He composed you. In any fair form he wanted. Look properly how much we have got. People say we have got free will. We, have, we can do whatever like. But tell me your free will is coming from where? From your mind? Did you make your mind? Even your mind and thinking by which you know free will, that is made by, by Allah. It is not that you know, mind was put there, the intellect was there and you went and collected for yourself. He gave you as much mind as he wanted. As much intellect as he wanted. Not as you wanted. Then think properly. When you people say, that you know, we decide our future, we do whatever like. What made you? You study in certain university, but who made you to go there? Your parent? Who made your parent? And who, who made your parent to be born here? He could have made your parent to be born in a far country. And he could have more, made you to be born in that house. Who made you here? And now you think you decide what you like? Look in every event of your life, nothing is yours. You did not make your father, you didn't make your mother, you did not make your mind, you didn't make your eyes, you didn't make your hands, you didn't make your legs, you didn't make anything. What is yours? When people say I, tell me what I means. What is I? What is me? Just think really. Think sometime what me means. What is me? What is a mind? But who you are? Where mine comes, where me comes, where I comes, nothing is yours. He does everything for you. And then now you think you are free. You do whatever you like. You can be grateful. That the Quran wants to you know, make very clear, understand this thing that how much he has done for you. Like one of the in, in Urdu, Urdu poets, poetry can help you to understand. So one of the Urdu poets says, Adam ko ajab khuda ne rutba baksha, adna ke liye maqam ala baksha, Aqlo hunaro tamizu jano iman is yak kafe khaku kya kya baksha. Adam ko ajab khudan rutba baksha. You know, God has given amazing position, amazing status for mankind. For the son of Adam, God made amazing thing. Adana kelye makami ala baksha. Such a low, human being so low, but God raised him so high. He made so high. Aqlo hunar, hunaro tamizu jano iman, you know, intellect. Mind, thinking, 
you know, senses, soul, belief, faith. Is a cafe khaku kya kya baksha? You were just, you know, a piece of soil, in handful soil, and he gave you all those things. Just think that he gave you mind. Had he not given us mind, you know, become mad, what will happen? And if he takes away the mind from us, thinking, become mad, what will happen? Do, will our family respect us? Will the people respect us? Just think really, if we lose our senses, what will happen? People will put us in a in, 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 in madhouse. We cannot walk properly. Even that, if it takes it out, even that one, if it takes a little bit out, what will happen? Become stupid. When people actually are less thinking, they become stupid. Do they have any respect? Just think really, that this really is, and then, you know, no doubt really, that people say that, you know, similarly, the people who get money and power, they really become mad. Because they don't understand, you know, who they are, they forget. As if people have less mind, they don't know, don't know who are, similarly, those who get power and money more than they need, they become mad. They become, you know, just intoxicated. Like people say the story of Ayub Khan, the great person of Pakistan, a very powerful person, you know, general, you know, commander, Ajub Khan. So once he went to visit a hospital of the married people. Where the married people are there, he went to visit it. And he saw all the married people there in the hospital, then a proper arrangement. And one of them he talked with him, and that person was very sensible, you know, talking very sensible, nicely. So General Ajub Khan was surprised that this person is so sensible, you know, this problem, why he is put here? So General Ajub Khan, you know, asked him that, uh, you know, uh, in the why you are put you know, in, 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 in this place, because you are so nice, so sensible, so thinking. So he asked General Ayub Khan who you are. Ayub Khan said, I am a person of Pakistan. So that person said, before coming to this place, I also used to think that I am a person of Pakistan. Before coming to this place, I used to think that I am also a person of Pakistan. That's actually what is. Just people are just in delusion. It is just intoxication. It is basically people are drunk. Nothing is there. You know, think properly where you're coming from. Sometimes Quran says from a mean drop of the water, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made you. So, you know, everything Allah Subhanahu wa Taala where you know, be arrogant and so proud and all those things, and this so nicely Quran says, "Fi ayy surati ma sha arakabak." In any form that He wanted, He made you. You don't make didn't, didn't make your form. Our face, every distinction that thing you can see made by Him. By him. Nothing, we didn't, didn't make anything. Fi ayya surati ma sha'ara kabak. Kalla bal tukadzebuna biddeen. Then Quran said, you know, unbelievers, don't think that, don't think that you are, don't be in misunderstanding that you are right. You can do whatever like, you know, and you can be arrogant. Don't think like that. You know, when you reject the Quran, don't believe in the prophet, prophet you are not right. The, your problem basically is bal tukadzebuna biddeen. Rather, your problem is that you're denying the day of judgment. You know, you cannot think really that, you know, Allah SWT made you. He gave everything and then you think he's not going to ask you. The reason you are so independent, so free and all the arrogance is because you don't believe in the day of judgment. You don't believe that Allah is going to make judgment of, of, of you. And how you can think about him? And one of the things people can think really is that how can judgment happen when millions and billions of people have been created and their deeds are gone, who knows what, what somebody has done. You know, Allah knows everything anyway, but at the same time, He wants to make proper records of everything. So if when people deny the Day of Judgment, so they don't think that, you know, there's nothing like that. You know, then the Quran after that says immediately, 
No, you are not right. When you deny the Quran, when you deny the messenger, when you reject the messenger, you are not right. Rather, the whole thing is because you don't believe in the Day of Judgment. And you consider it, the whole problem actually of the whole, if you go really, the real illness is that people don't believe in the Day of Judgment. The people who don't believe, the people who don't worship Allah and the people who are arrogant, what the problem is? Because they know there's no judgment. Do whatever you like. I've got power, I, I behave as I like. So when people get the power, they do, you know, like people killing, you know, so many innocent people. They never think really that any single soul on the face of the earth, when you kill it, you have killed the whole mankind. But you never think really, just think really how, how, how much killing happening our time. Everywhere in the world. In Iraq, every day so many people are killed. In Syria, so many people are killed. In Egypt, sometimes so many people are killed. In Afghanistan, people are being killed. In Pakistan, people are killed. In India, people are killed. In so many places, people are killed. Sometimes killed by Muslims, believers, and sometimes killed by unbelievers. Why they do this? Because they think they can go away with it. Nothing will happen to them. If they know really every single bloodshed has its consequences. If you hurt anybody or kill anybody, you are going to be questioned. So many children are burnt, houses are burnt, gardens are burnt, trees are burnt, women are dishonored. Is it going like that? Reason is because people don't believe they are going to be questioned. If people know the day of judgment, nothing can happen. Their Quran wants to say that you are so much unaware, you don't think properly and you do whatever like. No, you people, the reason is you are so arrogant because you don't believe in the day of judgment. Certainly upon you, there are guardians. You know, don't think that you, know, you do whatever like and God has left you. You know, you know, you are free to do. It's not like that. Every single moment there are people writing upon you. Every single moment there are guardians. Everything that we say and everything that we do, they write. Nothing is missed by them. You, you know, you could, in this world it could be, you get actually lazy people. They're like you know, one of my friends you know, from Italy, you know, working with me in, in Oxford. So he said once he went to Bangladesh and from Bangladesh, he was coming to India. Maybe he didn't have a visa properly, something like that. So the Indian police, they, they, they caught him and they put him into the police station and now he's, he's scared because he was very young boy, at that time I was just a teenager, I didn't know what to do. And I'm there and I was so scared the night is coming and they, they can't do anything, we don't know. And then he said, what happened? All these you know, police people in, 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 in that place, they had wine, nice, they start drinking and they become drunk. All of them, they're drunk. And I'm just sitting there to one of the rickshaw men, he brought one of the policemen to there and he also didn't. Raksha person said to me, what happening here? So I said to him, no, you arrested me and put him here. He said, no, run away. They're not going to, to follow you. They don't know who you are. They just run away. And he said that I run away and nothing happened. These are police people. They are paid by the government, you know, to do things properly. They drink. And if somebody criminal or not, I don't, we don't know. They can run away. Nothing happened. But this is not the kingdom of Allah. You cannot run away. You cannot be fooled up and just writing. It never can happen. It could be you do some action, you deceive your parent. You do something bad and you say, no, no, I didn't mean that. You can deceive your friend. You can deceive yourself. But you can't deceive these angels who are sitting on your shoulder. You can't deceive them. You cannot make a story. You can make stories for anybody. When people are late to the offices, they make a story. Training is late. This happened. The car has problem. All those things people keep making. For every single thing, people keep making story. But for the angels, you never can make any story. They will write down exactly what you have been doing. 
فالقرآن سيد كلا بل تكذبون بالدين وإنا عليكم لحافظين upon you their guardians كراما كاتبين كراما they are noble people they are noble they are not you know greedy they don't more make more want more money it is not that you bribe them and they leave you they are noble people why can I say noble because in human way is that okay if we do crime so we can corrupt the people give some bribery you know some you know and some and sometimes cry and weep something the people can leave you these angels they are noble they are above that whether you cry you weep you laugh you give money bribery nothing good they are not going to accept they are noble we hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you remember to tune in for the next one for more insightful content in full hd quality on tafsir and other islamic sciences such as hadith fiqh arabic prose grammar and morphology as well as islamic history female scholarship and much much more subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv that's d e e p d e e n.tv don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support please click on the donate button and give whatever you can our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourself